It's something for nothing, the Rush fan cast. Jerry and Steve with you. Jerry, hello. Hi, Steve. It's time for side two of Counterparts. Oh, we're just going to jump right into it. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. No, we're not going to jump right into oh, okay. it. I'm going, to, I'm going to do my usual spiel. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram, the Rushcast, email Jerry. I have to say, Jerry, the emails you're getting are really unbelievable. They are unbelievable. People are people are great. People are great. And it really helps us to get the feedback. It does. Because we can make this podcast better. Yeah. When we hear from you at the rushcast at gmail.com. And uh, have you been responding to all the emails? I think so. I mean... That's I, great. I do, but I don't know. I might have missed some. If we didn't respond to your email, we'll either get to it eventually or we'll just... Never get to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying, It might be though. lost in the abyss. We, we really are trying. Uh, please rate us on your favorite podcast app. Tell a friend about the Rush Fancast. We don't ask for your money. We just ask you to tell a friend. Sure. That's, that's not so bad, right? No. And uh, Lex... Of course, provided the intro, as he Lex, always does yep. for the podcast today. It's Stick It Out. He stuck it out for <laughs> us and uh, and did that, and we thank him for that. Yep. Counterparts, Jer, we uh, talked about side one last time. We're going to do side two this time. Yep, we did not talk about the album cover art. No, we didn't. So shall we do that yeah, sure. before we get started? Do you uh, have the album with you? I do have it with me. It's, uh, it's basically just uh, a screw and a bolt. Yeah. What do you think that represents, Jerry? Uh, I think it represents, um, hmm, I don't know. It's, you don't it's, know? No, it's a mystery. Yeah, I think you know. I think I, I think know. you know. It, it's counterparts. Yeah. So two, two things that fit together. Two perfectly. things that fit together, a bolt and a screw. It's a phallic and yonic. Yes, that's exactly what it is, yes. Jerry. And Hugh Syme, of course, did the cover art. And on the back. And it's simple. It is very simple. And I think on the inside, you know, I, I haven't uh, haven't looked at this in a while, but I think there are other counterparts on the inside. And there's a Pac-Man on the back. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of different stuff. Like if you open this up, which I will do right now for you. I haven't looked at, wow. Look, look at that. Look at all that. Look at all those photos. All sorts of counterparts-ish sort of stuff. What do we have here? We have uh, yin and yang. What and, is this? Runs, hits, errors? Yeah, I guess that's a baseball thing. I guess so. Getty's, I, I really, Getty's a baseball fan. I don't think I've looked at this insert in uh, i don't know 20 the, years the three stooges are pictured here I don't, i'm not sure what they have to do with. i guess they're counterparts to each other sure and there's the, the masks of uh comedy and tragedy yep you got our mortar and pestle yeah uh, sure now jer are we counterparts you and i for this podcast you think i mean we're not opposite sex counterparts but, but you know i don't know i would think that this podcast doesn't happen without you or i so we are the combination of us sure like a creates good, this podcast good cop bad cop situation which one am i <laughs> don't answer that so anyway um the album cover is basic yeah i like it though it's not yeah. bad like i said the back is a is kind of an optical illusion type of thing looks like a triangle but there's no real triangle there it's just made by the little pac-man yeah so i oh, know i guess there is a triangle god that is that is an optical illusion isn't it it sure is wow Everybody pull out your <laughs> CD of counterparts and look along with us. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I love Pac-Man. So one thing I wanted to mention before we got into the songs, Jar. Twitter polls? Um, oh, yeah. We can do a Twitter poll. You oh, want to okay. do a Twitter poll? Yeah. Wow. We, can, we can totally do that. So a few weeks ago, we did Roll the Bones. Mm -hmm. Side one of Roll the Bones. I'll remind you of the tracks 
okay. on side one of Roll the Bones. Dreamline, Bravado, Roll the Bones, the title track, Face Up, and Where's My Thing. Mm. What do you think? Dreamline. Now, you're right. Oh, great. And the strange thing about it is it was almost a tie. Between that and Roll the Bones. Now, Twitter does not tell you exactly how many votes each one got. It just gives you the, the percentages. Dreamline and Bravado both oh. got 38%. Oh. But as you can see, Dreamline is highlighted as the winner. So oh. I think it got a maybe a, an extra vote or two. Some of a decimal. But, but percentage-wise, both 38%. So it was close. Yeah. And Roll the Bones was... Kind of a distant third. Oh, 19%. Good? I I, I didn't mean good. I meant, oh, how interesting. (laughs) You meant good. That's mean. You know, I got uh, the emails I got about Roll the Bones, the song in particular, Mm -hmm. split right down the middle. Oh, yeah. You know, you were worried about Rush fans being upset with you about your opinion of Roll the Bones, but it turns out a lot of Rush fans agree with you. Yeah. That Roll the Bones isn't Rush's best album. Yeah. Now, some disagreed. But they but did so nicely. I was they very did happy. So very, they <laughs> did so very nicely. And the ones that agreed with you, I'd say it's about 50-50. Yeah. 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 So a lot of people felt the same way we did about Roll the Bones. I liked it a little more than you did. Mm-hmm. Some fans liked it a little more than you did. Yep. And some disliked and it just as much as you did. Yeah. So, so it was a similar thing. Face up, 5%. And uh, since I did not- You didn't include Where's My Thing? I didn't include Where's My Thing as a choice- so it didn't get many votes. It probably wouldn't have anyway. I don't think so. It might have beaten Face Up, though. I don't know. You don't think so? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, in the instrumentals, there's an instrumental on side two of Counterparts. We're going to get to that shortly. We'll get to that. We'll get to it shortly. I mean, it's just uh, stacked up against La Villa Strangiato and YYZ. There's nothing you can do. See, but here's the, here's the thing. I think you've got to take these albums as they are and don't stack them up against the other albums. I know it's it's hard to do. But you can't just say, well, where's my thing? It it sucks compared to YYZ. Sure you can. <laughs> you can do that, but you shouldn't do Why? that. Why? Because you should Comparatively. Shouldn't. Comparatively, yes. But you can't just enjoy where's my thing for what it is? Sure, I'll enjoy where's my thing for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you right. convinced me. No, I don't, I don't think I did convince <laughs> you. All right, let's go to track six on Counterparts, Jer. Alien Shore. You and I. To be solitudes, color and culture, language and race, just variations on a theme, islands in a much larger I really dig that funky bass line. Yeah, I broke down it. This is the most rocking song on the album. 
it's one of the best on the album to me. Yeah. In my opinion. And Getty's bass line is crazy. So funky I can't, I can't, and I can't recall just, it right now though. Just amazing. Can, can you just can you hum a few bars? <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I just I just inserted it into into the podcast. So you have to pretend you just heard it. I did. Oh, yeah, that is funky. You're right. <laughs> it's super funky. Uh, so your thoughts on the song lyrically, Jar? What do you think? Well, at least I mean I like the song a lot. The lyrics aren't don't really hit me on the head. Really? Yeah, I don't but know. But you still like the song? I still like the song. I very don't, nice of yeah, you. It is right. Yeah, it is. There is a you're a, very kind. A couple of good lines. You and I are pressed into these solitudes, color and culture, language and race, just variations on a theme, islands in a much larger stream. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I love the line right at the top, we are strangers by one chromosome. That's cool. Yeah. Is that like a reference to... uh, Well, male and female. I mean, females have two X chromosomes. Males have an X and a Y. I I know. So we're (laughs) strange. Well, you acted like you didn't know what it meant. No, I meant, is it a... a, um, Is it a, a reference to, what song is it, Different Strings? Okay. No, Entree New? We Are Strangers to Each Other? Oh. Each One's Life a Novel No One Else Has Read? What song is that? Why can't I think of the name of that song? You can't think of it either. It's <laughs> No, it's Entree New. Yeah, it is Entree New. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. similar to that song, yeah. I think. No, I just think it's a that line might be a, a sly callback. Okay. Could be. Could or be. Or not. Yeah. I mean, I really don't have much to say about the song, so, other than well, I like it. Well, I think... What it's saying is there's more to people than race, religion, and sex. Yeah. There's similarities in everyone. But it's still- you just got to find them. It's still an alien place. Right. All of those things might are alien to the other people. Right. So reaching for the alien shore is someone trying their hardest to understand right. either the opposite sex or a different race yeah. or a different political view. Right. Right? At least trying. Right. That's that's the way I interpret this. Right. It's alien to them. Like yeah. females are alien to us, Jer. <laughs> well, that's gonna <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Because there are a couple of there is an overtone on this album of you know, a separateness between men and women. Right. And and conflict really. Yeah, but I'm talking about a basic separateness that I don't ascribe to, you know. It, it comes up in another song. We'll talk about that a little more. It comes up in a different song. Okay. So you, I, you I don't, don't ascribe you don't to a lot of things. You don't agree with it? I don't agree with it, no. Okay. But, I mean, I do agree with the overall sentiment that you should try to understand other people. Okay. And reach for that alien shore. So we can't say, for you and me, we agree on this song. <laughs> no, I guess we don't. <laughs> Even though we are not separated by a chromosome. <laughs> no, we're not. That is true. That is true. Okay. But I, I think overall, it's a great song. It is a great song. Great solo it's by rocking. Alex. Oh yeah, I wrote down the solos. The solo is great. The drums are great. The bass is great. Just this is just a rock and rush song. It is a rock and rush song, and, and it's one that they never played live. They could have though. I mean, they I should've. don't know though. I don't know though because at the beginning, I don't know if you recall at the beginning of the song, there's two guitar parts going on at once. Yeah, and that may be why they didn't play it live because how how are you going to recreate that without sampling a guitar part? I don't know, Steve. Or, or getting another guitarist. Right. Which they're never going to do. Nope. No. All right. Let's move on then. Track seven on Counterparts is The Speed of Love. Like a force of nature, love can fade with the stars at dawn. Sometimes it takes all your strength just to keep holding on. At the speed. 
So what is the speed of love, Jer? Um, in relation to the speed of light? <laughs> well, the speed of light, I have no idea. I wrote down, what now? <laughs> That's what I wrote down next to the title of this song, The Speed of Love. I don't now, know. Now, if you remember on the last podcast, I said there was one song on this album that I, I didn't care for too much. It's this one? It's this one. You said you were going to guess. Is this the one you guessed? Oh, I wrote it down, didn't I? Yeah, you said you were going to write it down okay, and we get on. to it later. I, I, no, I wrote it down on the back of one of these papers. Hold on. No, I wrote down Double Agent. Really? Yeah. You think I wouldn't like Double Agent, I, huh? I did. At the time, I mean, interesting. I I think differently now. Yeah, this this is the song. Uh, you know, it's another mid tempo song, similar yes, uh, yep. to to a bunch of songs off Roll the Bones, yep. Heresy, Bravado, Ghost of a Chance. But to me, this pales in comparison to those three songs. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, mid tempo is not is not the rush pocket. It's not, but they've done it well. They have done it well, but. This is not one of those songs. This is not one of those songs. I wouldn't say it's a bad song. It's just kind of there for me. It is. And I don't really understand what the speed of love even means, refers to at all. Is there some kind of saying about I don't think love so. and speed? I don't think so. Or the distance love can travel in a light minute? I don't know. Well, let me see what Neil So I have a quote here from Neil. I, oh, don't okay. think, I don't think it's about the lyrics, though. The Speed of Love is kind of mid-tempo, more sensitive rock song. That song probably took me the longest to find just the right elements I wanted to have in the drum part. What made it a challenge is that I wanted the feel and the transitions between sections to be just right. I played that song over and over, refining it until I was satisfied. I don't think a listener will hear all the work that went into that track. Yeah. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. <laughs> to me, the songs on Roll the Bones, the drum parts were much more complicated than this to right me. i mean usually that's a good thing right you don't want to hear the baby steps someone took to do something you would just want to see them running right but this isn't one of those songs that uh, that jumps out at me as no. one of neil's amazing yeah pieces Opus. of drum work right it's very well done but yeah, it just doesn't of course it just doesn't jump out at me that's all yeah i speed of love the radiance that travels at the speed of love my heart goes out to you yeah i don't know i don't really know what it's about either yeah so I guess I guess we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I don't have no We have no clue. No if, clue. One of the very, very few Rush albums that I have no interpretation of at all. Album or song? Did I say album? You did. I meant song. <laughs> <laughs> this song, one of the few Rush songs that I have no interpretation of. Okay. I just don't know what it's about. So, if anybody has a so clue. May, yeah, so maybe our listeners can email us or, yeah. or tweet at us or Instagram DM us and let us know. Or whatever. Let us know what you think. Yeah, there's many ways to get in touch. There are, days. there are. All right, well, let's move on to track eight on Counterparts, Jar. The song I thought you would hate the most. The aforementioned Double Agent. On the edge of sleep, I heard voices behind the door. The known and the nameless, familiar and faceless. My angels and my demons at war. What I choose, or maybe which voice I ignore. Wilderness of mirrors, streets of gold desire, my precious sense of honor, just a shield of rusty wire. I hold against the chaos and the cross of holy fire. Where would you rather be? 
Now, you're completely incorrect, Jared. I love this song. Yeah. Love I love it. I love um, three quarters of this song, I think. It's just so different. It is. So co- different. Yeah, it's a very... It's, it's kind of schizophrenic, too. It is, but I think this could have been an instrumental for them. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, could, it totally could have been an instrumental, but I mean, what they did with with the vocals just, that's the one part i don't like is that is oh the, i love i love i just think it's so weird it is so weird di- it's so weird and so different i just think it's great okay he's got his you know his um low what's he doing there how do you pronounce that <laughs> i don't even know what he's I, doing. I don't i don't even know G- getty calls this song one of the goofiest songs we've ever written oh okay yeah he called it goofy i don't know if i would say goofy i wouldn't say goofy it's just it's weird though it's definitely weird there's more to that quote yeah, he says, uh, Double Agent was a complete exercise in self-indulgence, and really it was one of the last things we wrote on the record. We'd written all these songs that were heavily structured and were crafted and meticulously worked on, this note and that note, and this is a song we just wanted to kind of get our yayas out <laughs> and have a bit of a rave. <laughs> and really it's one of the goofiest songs I think we've ever written, but I'm quite happy with the result. In its own way, I think it's an interesting little piece of lunacy. Hmm. That's yeah. the, only the second time I've ever heard Get Your Yaya's Out. <laughs> right? the, a, Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones live album. <laughs> but I think that's what he was referring to. Is Maybe. Maybe Rolling it's a saying. No, nah, I think it's the Rolling it's Stones. Get Your Yaya's Out. It's the Rolling Stones, right? That's it. Yeah, that's maybe, album, what I'm saying right? is maybe it's a saying, Get Your Yaya's Out means to just It could be. Go it could be. It, it, might be a, you know, it might be a 60s phrase that's before our time, Jerry. Yeah. Could this song have been part five, five of, of Fear? <laughs> oh, what do you think? I, I don't know. I was or part thinking... four of the Gangsters of Boats trilogy? <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. Why would it be a part of fear? I don't know. Because uh, it's it's kind of, to me, it seems like it's about wanting to get out of a relationship. Hmm. The where would you rather be anywhere but here, to me, it's a relationship that you're in and you want out of. Interesting. I, you know, I didn't think when about that. When would the that. time be right? Any time but now. Is there ever a good time to break up with somebody? Yeah, you're right. That's what I think this song is about. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, anxious and restless, drifting for half the night. Wow, I never thought bound of that. up and wound up so tight. Counterparts, the theme, right? Yeah, I think it fits in with the theme in that way. I agree with that, man. And that's why I think it should be part of fear. Yeah, because it's the fear of having to to do that. To break up with somebody or end a relationship. Wow, oh, I like that. You like it? Yeah. I really had no, I, again, the songs on this album, kind of hard for me to crack. And this one, I just like, again, yeah. I just like it. I really love the the part, you know, Wilderness, Wilderness of Mirrors, World of Polished Steel, that whole part, mm-hmm. the, the music and the yeah. way Getty sings it is perfect. Not a big fan of On the Edge of Sleep. I, was, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, I it's, love it's it. Barry White. I think imitation. it's great. I don't I, like it. Okay. Um, but everything else around it, I love. Yeah, I love everything else. And I the guess, solo is crazy. I guess where I differ from you is if I really, really like a song, then I'll dip into the lyrics and try and figure them out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I just love this song so much that I tried to figure, figure out, out what the lyrics were about. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. For once. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love it. Although I, I do it. like the, I guess it's the last line. Is it the last line? Almost the last line. Actually, not even close to the last line now that I read it. Which one will lose depends on what I choose or which voice I ignore. I like that. My angels and my demons at war. Yeah. Yeah. 
This song is amazing. Yeah. Love it. It's Love not it. even like making a, a choice at that part. It's ignoring one of them. Mm-hmm. I just like that kind of image where you're not really going toward one or the other. You're just ignoring one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind and, of and it's me. just so heavy. Yeah, heavy. And it's old school rush, you know? Yeah, it is. To me. I mean, it's like almost like three different songs in one. Mm-hmm. The pacing of it, you know? Yeah. The Where Would You Rather Be part, and then On the Edge of Sleep, and then The Wilderness of Mirrors, completely different songs. Mm-hmm. But the transitions are amazing. Well, we agree that we love it. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. That is good. All right, well, let's move on to track nine, Jared Counterparts. Leave that thing alone. the other instrumental you referred to jer yes and your thoughts it's okay <laughs> i mean again well let's not compare it to yyz let's compare it to limbo or where's my thing how does it rank uh, for me all of those are in the same spot really yeah this, all... this is one of my my favorites out of those it's better, out of that realm that's true it's better than the other ones but they're again, very close together. again the bass line on this is funky yeah, that's and true. cool i mean getty on this album is just amazing that's true and the bass line on this i think is is great what's with the what's with the thing theme i don't think you know i i, I looked that up and i remember i forget where i read it but i don't think one anything. thing has anything to do with the other thing if that makes any sense sure i don't think it's referring to where's my thing i think it just coincidence that they both have thing thing maybe it's just something you know if you're ever talking to somebody and you're like hey can you hand me that thing they have no idea what you're talking about right just some generic object over there right where's that thing where's Mm. my thing (laughs) 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 leave that thing alone um yeah it's i mean for me it's an okay okay instrumental this was nominated for a grammy again okay best rock Uh, what did lose to pink floyd marooned not familiar with Pink Floyd Marooned. Neither am I. Now, so we, what we, year is this then? This would be 1995. 1995. So this is the year after the album came out. I don't know how, I don't know how the Grammys determine what the, qualifies. For which, which year? Yeah, I mean, well, this album came out in 94, 95. I guess it's like your taxes. You know, you, your 2020 taxes are for 2019. I guess. I guess. My issue with the Grammys is, you know, we, we talked about this before with, with the police. I think the police clearly won because they're the police. Of course, yeah. And in this case, I don't I don't know Maroon, so perhaps Maroon is a much better instrumental than this and the Grammys got it right. But to me, Pink Floyd wins anyway because they're Pink because Floyd. Because they're Pink Floyd. And that that's just it. And this is David Gilmore Pink Floyd, not Right. Right. So. And we got a little bit of flack, a little bit. Ooh. Where's my thing? We mentioned Eric Johnson beat it. Oh yeah. For the Grammy. And a lot of people love that Eric Johnson song. Sure. We kind of poo-pooed it a little teeny bit. A little bit. A little bit. It is true. It's it's not a bad song. The, no. Uh, the Eric Johnson song. And I just want- And the know. Rush song isn't a great instrumental either. 
So you really could have gone either way there. Now, Rush should have been nominated so many times for songs, or even, in my opinion, albums. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that they don't have a Grammy is a travesty to me. Yeah, absolutely. Really, it really is. It's ridiculous. And, and, it, and the YYZ thing is going to stick in my craw <laughs> I for, know. forever. I know. Forever. I, how they can't still be pissed about it, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. You know, it, I mean, Neil was good friends with Stuart Copeland. I mean, every time he saw Stuart Copeland, he must have said, <laughs> where's behind my camel? Are you kidding me? Right? That's that's true. I, I mean, would I would have mentioned that song every five minutes if I was with Stuart Copeland. Right. Behind my camel. Come on. Come on, Grammys. <laughs> Get with it, Grammys. Register right. trademark. All right. Let's let's move on to track ten. We're we're churning through this. We album are churning here. through yeah, we're, it. We're churning, baby. Cold fire. It was long after midnight when we got to unconditional love. She said, sure my heart is boundless. Jerry, we stopped keeping track. You had told me last week that you only liked four songs on this record, and we were keeping track of which ones you oh, liked yeah, and which ones you were. didn't. I don't know. I think you like more than four. We'll have to add it up later. Yeah, we'll have to add it we'll up. We'll have to add it up because you you've been liking so you've been liking a lot of these songs. Yeah. So I, I did think, I write I, down? I think you were incorrect when you said four. I am a liar. It's Any, true. That is true. So so this song is this on. The yes, I like it, or no, I don't like this it. This is a no, I don't like really? it. Really? I like Cold Fire. I really like Cold there, Fire. Well, first of all, it starts out like an amazing song. The guitar right? is- The guitar at the beginning. Yeah. And then it drifts off into mid-tempo land again. And I don't- So you just don't that. like the mid-tempo rush? No. Okay. And also, from a from a lyrical point of view, I don't like the characterization of- of uh oh this is this, this is, is the song this okay, is the song okay this is the song yeah well so this uh, is this is subreddit it's really funny sadly a subreddit about cold fire yeah it's are crazy you, are you serious no it's not <laughs> it's a subreddit called men writing women and it okay. is unintentionally hilarious and actually kind of sad but this could be on that subreddit all right well he, here's a quote from neil okay. in cold fire i have the woman speaking to the man and she's smarter than he is it was a difficult technical challenge lyrically, but those are the kind of things that now, after all these years, you start to feel you have the craft to take on. I don't mind writing about love now, where I would have avoided that in previous years, just because of the inability to get beyond cliches. Well, I disagree with that. <laughs> okay. I just don't. So I, you don't think he captures this relationship well um, between the man and the woman? He captures, I think, an aspect of a relationship, but I don't think he captures the point of view of the woman very well. Well, Neil's not a woman. Or... Yeah, I, that's the whole point of okay. the subreddit. Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, you're, you should be able to. If you're, if you're going to write about it, you should be able to write about well, it. Well, maybe he thought 
maybe he thought he could. That and, is the and, other and point. Thought the, he, and thought he did. That's the other point of the subreddit. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is what I, so she said, just don't disappoint me. You know how complex women are. Have you ever heard a woman say that to you in your entire life? You know women are just complex. Have you? Now, I think that's the man. No, she said. She said, just don't disappoint me. You know how complex women are. I think it's the man saying that she said, just don't disappoint me. So in quotes would be, just don't disappoint me. And then Neil or the man is saying, you know how complex women are. That's Well, that doesn't make it any better. But That's I'm, how I interpret it. I'm t- I th- that's her quote. You might want to look it up in the lyrics. Cause when well, I, I've got the lyrics here. There's no quotes. See, I printed it out from someplace and there's just one quote around what the line. What place? You know, that place where <laughs> one gets lyrics. The lyric place. I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't trust just some what about place. The, uh, let's look at the insert. I'm looking at, at Rush.com. Well, they were wrong about... <laughs> you, all right, hang on, hang on. Yeah, there's no, there's no quotes in the lyrics in oh. the liner notes either. It just says... Uh, just what you see on the Rush website is what you see in the liner notes. Okay. I think that anything after she said and after I said, or when he says at the beginning, it was long after midnight we got to, when we got to unconditional love, which again, no idea what that means. Okay. She said, sure, my heart is boundless, but don't push my limits too far. No, That's a n- quote from her. No, I, be- I believe that is a quote from right. her. Yes. And then I said, if love was so transcendent, I don't understand these boundaries. Again, two lines attributed to him. Right. So the next one, she said, just don't disappoint me. You know how complex women are. See, I, I don't interpret that complex line as being the woman saying that. But I, look, I could be wrong. Okay. I have no idea. There's no way to know. I think, yeah, I think it is. Okay. Just from the structure Fair of enough. the previous. But even if it isn't, it's not my favorite characterization. That's all. Okay. I didn't dissect these lyrics too, too much, but I, I just love the song itself. I don't mind the mid-tempo. I think it's got a great hook. I just think it's great. Yeah, I it picks up a, whenever the intro guitar part comes in. Yeah. But then it kind of peters out again. I love the chorus, too. I'll be around, that part? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, a phosphore- a oh. phosphorescent wave on a tropical sea is a cold fire. A pattern of moonlight on the bedroom floor is a cold fire. The flame at the heart of a pawnbroker's diamond, which I think is a great line. That is a good line. Is a cold fire. And the look in your eyes as you head for the door is a cold fire. Yeah. The, the pawnbroker's, I, I think the chorus is great. The pawnbroker's diamond, I'm assuming, is her selling her wedding ring. Oh, yeah. Could That's be. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And then she leaves. Yeah. So the, we've got another breakup going on Because she's, so she's very complex. You know how, yeah. you know how complex You know how are. complex <laughs> They'll but, sell your diamond to a pawnbroker and then leave. Right. But to, to me, these last few songs- Double Agent, Cold Fire, and Everyday Glory, which we're going to get to, is about relationships coming apart. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. This is another one like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of like, I'll be around if you don't push me down too far. I'll be around if you don't push me down. I, like I just that think part. the whole song is catchy. I, I, I Look, and I think the band likes this song too, because they, they played this live. It was great live, if I recall. Yeah. I, I remember it being, I, I mean, actually, I don't remember. You don't remember them playing this? No. Yeah. But, you know, that's not, uh, that's not <laughs> unusual. <laughs> Who knows what was going on with Who you at that knows? time, Jer? Who knows? Who knows? Was it 95? Uh, yeah. Um, 94, 95. I guess one of the things, it's kind of like a little pet peeve of mine, is dialogue in songs. Okay. 
it just doesn't work out for it. You have to do it a certain way. All right. So you don't like parentheses in <laughs> titles of songs. You don't like dialogue within songs. I don't okay. like parentheses in songs when the parentheses isn't actually a parenthetical statement. Okay. Sometimes it is, and that's fine, but sometimes it's just a continuation of the words before it, and that's not a parenthetical. When I write a song, Jer, I'm going to put parentheses everywhere. Well, if you were just per- to annoy you. Like anagram for Mongo. Parentheses. Parentheses. But you think it's necessary for those? It doesn't bother me, but okay. now that I think about it, no, it isn't necessary. So it should bother you. Yeah, I guess it should. <laughs> Boy, I'm just, I'm so complex. Yeah, you, you know, know how complex com- co-hosts are. You know how complex are. Jerry is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's move on to the last song. We've already churned through this whole album. Wow. Jerry. Everyday Glory. No matter what they say. This is another song, Jared, that I, I think is about a breakup or even a divorce. But from, it seems like from a kid's point of view? Right, right. Well, especially the first verse. Right. Little girl hides shaking with her hands on her ears, pushing back the tears till the pain disappears. Yeah. Mama says some ugly words, daddy pounds the wall. Yeah. So the parents are fighting and the kid is watching. Yeah. Again, I don't, I, I don't like this song either, except for the very end. I don't love this song. I don't dislike it, but it's not one of my favorite Rush songs. Yeah. But I I do like parts of it. The end is a buried gem. The last few lines should be in a different song, I think. In a better song? Is is that what you're trying to say? I said different song. But what what do you mean, though? I mean a better song. (laughs) Because this is one of Neil's best lines ever. Which which one are we talking about? We're talking about? about the very last part. Okay. If the future's looking dark, we're the ones who have to shine. If there's no one in control, we're the ones who draw the line. Though we live in trying times, we're the ones who have to try. Though we know that time has wings, we're the ones who have to fly. That is a great line. That is amazing. Yeah. But it's in this song. What's it doing in this song? Look, like I said, I don't dislike this song. I love the chorus. Everyday people, everyday shame, everyday promise shot down in flames. Uh, the drums... And the uh, chorus are great. I mean, Neil is just pounding away. Yeah, that's true. You could feel the emotion of the song in Neil's playing on this song to me. And again, Alex, Alex is just amazing on this. I think the emotion of the song really comes through in the music for me, which is why I like it. Yeah. There's just something, a a little disconnect for me with the the lyrics as they go on, because it goes from the, the personal and then when we talk about a city. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure where, where this goes lyrically. I mean, I understand the beginning part, but the middle, I don't quite get, but I mean, that doesn't ruin the song for me. Yeah. I don't like the, the chorus though. You like the chorus? Yeah, I do like it. It's it's very, it seems very poppy to me, like a, like a pop yeah, song. Yeah. But I, but I like pop songs. Yeah. I like some pop songs too. Yeah. I don't have an issue with it. You know, I heard Neil, I forget where, where this was. It might've been in Beyond the Lighted Stage. Neil said, the words that doesn't suit Rush were never uttered. 
Okay. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. So I think with this and a lot of songs, they just try something different. Yeah. And they don't ever say, well, this doesn't suit us. Yeah. We can't do that. We can't do, we can't do a poppy sounding right. chorus. They say, why not? Right. Let's try it. Yeah. Some stuff works. Some stuff doesn't. Yeah. This one maybe didn't work for them. I don't know. They never played this song live. I don't know. I don't know how they feel about it necessarily. Let me see. I did pull up a couple of quotes. Uh, here we go. Uh, Getty Lee. This song ended up being an analog tape mix. Hmm. For the last few years, I've mixed only to digital because I figured it was just a better tape recorder. But certain songs have a heavier mid-range content, and on playback, the analog recorder softens the mid-range a bit, giving it a more likable sound. It's not as efficient sounding in terms of top and bottom end, but it's just nicer to listen to. Interesting. Yeah. That's all, I, that's all I've got from the band. Oh, okay. And this is from... Um, that was from Bass Player Online, I guess the archives of Bass Player Magazine. Sure, everyone's favorite online Bass Player Magazine. <laughs> I never had a subscription to Bass Player Magazine, even though I <laughs> fancied myself as a bass player. So anyway, I, I think it's I think it's a good song. Yeah. I, I don't think it's their best. I just think it the, it makes the album peter out. Okay. As an ending song, because we've talked about how great the last song on Rush albums usually yeah. is. Yeah, this is not one of those great last songs. Right. And all of our listeners named Peter are not going to be happy <laughs> with you using their name in vain, Jer. Uh, but this is, yeah, I agree. This is not one of. Not one of the best. Not one of the best album enders for Rush. Right. I agree. So what do you think about the, the progression from Roll the Bones to this album? To me, they're two relatively disappointing Rush albums. I disagree. I think Roll the Bones to me was relatively disappointing. Not as disappointing to me as it was to you. This album, I think, is way, way better than Roll the Bones, in it, my mind. It, well, yeah, I agree with that. But I think overall, on balance, not the, not the strongest. So, so you think this is the weakest point of Rush, Rush's career, these two albums? Uh, yeah, but again, that's relative to the strength of the other albums. I guess, yeah. So it's not really a low point. In my eyes, I just don't like these albums as much as I like the okay. other ones. Okay, well, I, I really like this album. I put this up with with just about every other Rush album really? for me. Yeah. You're putting it up against moving pictures. Well, no, not every other Rush album, but <laughs> most, most Rush albums. I mean, Roll the Bones is a rung below, and I would put this you know, up there with, let's say, Hold Your Fire and Presto. Wow. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it's a great album. Okay. Snakes and Arrows. Agree to disagree. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Sure. I'm I'm curious what our listeners think of counterparts. Yeah, so am I'm, I. I'm sure a lot and of them we'll like find it. Out. I'm sure a lot of them like it, and I sure I'm sure some of them don't. Do you think we convinced Mark? Um no. No? No. Mark will have to get back. I'm sure he will. He will. He'll get back to us. So concerts, Jer. Oh yeah. We gotta do concerts. I see a stack over yeah, there? Yeah, I've got a stack of ticket stubs here. Um, we didn't see them that many times. No, no. We only saw them twice on the Counterparts Tour, Jer. Mm -hmm. So the first time was, let's see, March 9th, 1994 at Madison Square Garden. Okay. And I have some notes from- You um, took notes when we were there? Trusty Wandering the Face of the oh, Earth okay. book. Uh, I thought you had notes from the concert. No, 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 no. Squirreled no. away for uh, all these years. Skip and Eric took notes for us. That's true. And then put them in a book. Mm -hmm. And now we have the notes. Second of two shows is the one we saw. Both were sold out. Candlebox was the opener. I remember the Candlebox. 
And here's a quote from Kevin Martin of Candlebox. Oh, you ready? Yeah. His most memorable show was Madison Square Garden with Rush because it's the garden. It is. You basically have gone to heaven at that point. Mm. So Candlebox, this may have been the height of their career, I guess. Right. Opening for Rush I don't even Square re- Garden. I don't even remember what that Candlebox song was. Yeah, I don't either. I'd have to think about it. I'd have to think about it. And Alex, this was this is from the book also. Alex uh, said, at some point during the show, I was thinking of inviting everyone back to my room for a drink, but you're way too noisy. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just typical Alex. Yeah. Typical Alex. I don't remember him saying that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was funny, though, when he said it. Uh, the second time we saw them was Friday, April 22nd at Meadowlands Arena, also oh. 1994. Okay. It says in Wandering the Face of the Earth that Alex was sick, but he made it through. On stage, he said, it's just a 24-hour lung cancer bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they played Nassau Coliseum the following night, oh. and um, we, we did not go. go to that. Yeah, we didn't go to that one. We didn't go to that. And I have a set list for you, Jared, from the oh, Madison man. Square Garden show. You ready? you ready for this? I am. So they opened with Dreamline, which uh, they Perfect. tended to do. The previous album, they'd open with the opener from that album on the following tour. Sure. We've discussed that before. The Spirit of Radio. The Analog Kid, Cold Fire. So we saw them do Cold Fire. You don't remember it. I don't. It says here- Where were our seats for this show? Let's see. Madison Square Garden, you're going to have to remember where the sections were, Jared. It was section five. Section I've, five? That's got to be on the floor. I think so. Section five, row C. It's got to be the- it, I think they were numbered not unlike- The Meadowlands? The Meadowlands, yeah. yeah. For the Meadowlands show, we were in section 122, so that was in the section- Above the floor. Right. Those are always my favorite places. Yeah, yeah. Section right above the floor. So it says here with Cold Fire, there was a country music intro. I don't remember that. Nope. Time Stand Still, Nobody's Hero, Roll the Bones, Mm. Animate, Stick It Out with an introduction by Alex. I don't know what that was. (laughs) A Double Agent. Wow. Limelight. Mystic Rhythms. Wow. They they pulled Mystic Rhythms out, which, uh, which I'm sure was amazing. We were there. Yeah, we were there. It had to be amazing. Closer to the Heart with band member introductions by Alex, it says here. Oh boy, I can only imagine what they were. (laughs) Show Don't Tell, Leave That Thing Alone, followed by Neil's drum solo. They did The Trees, an abbreviated version of Xanadu. Wow. And Cygnus X1 Book 2 Hemispheres Part (laughs) 1. Prelude. The Encore, Tom Sawyer, and Force 10. And then Encore 2. Wow. YYZ. Encore 2. Along with Cygnus X1 outro. So they must have did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they ended. That's probably the end, end, yeah. Yeah, and why not? Wow, a double encore. Yeah, double encore. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I I don't remember that either, though. All right. So I I think that that pretty much wraps up counterparts for us, Jared. It does. I like it. You sort of like it. Yeah. We never did add up how many songs on Counterparts you like. I think it was more than four. You say four. I'm going to go with five or six that you liked. Okay. Yeah. Did I like, what songs did I like on the second side? We just talked about them. I don't remember. Uh, You liked Alien Shore. Yeah. You liked Double Agent, didn't you? Sort of. (laughs) Okay. Maybe it was four. (laughs) Maybe it was four. Alien Shore, Double Agent, Animate, and Between Sun and Moon. I guess it is four. Huh. 
All Look right, you, you got me. You got me. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram the Rushcast, email Jerry. Tell us what you think of counterparts, the Rushcast at gmail.com. So, Jer, you got a quote for me. I do have a quote. Though we know that time has wings, we're the ones who have to fly. Nice. Love that. All right, take it easy. Bye.